Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Today, uh, we're very excited. We have Detective uh, Danny Town with us. Today's podcast is all around brand building and brand awareness. And what we've realized is, as we're talking with our students, there's a lot of podcasts out there about how you can build your brand, build your influencer base, get your follower count up, and then ultimately monetize it. But what we realize is there's not a lot of awareness out there and there's not a lot of podcasts on what actually happens after that information is put out to the public. And especially for the next generation, when the only information coming out is all the positives and the perks of having a big follower base and the perks of putting information out there, what actually happens if you put information out there that isn't good? Or what happens if you're a part of something that ultimately becomes a legal liability? So what we're hoping to discuss today, Detective, is some awareness around that and maybe some stories and some thoughts that you have on ways that our next generation and parents alike can minimize some of the hurdles and issues that come with social media. So Detective Danny Town, I appreciate you uh, joining us today. Why don't you give us a little background on who you are and what you do? All right. Thanks, Nick, for having me. I'm pretty excited to do this. Um, like Nick said, I'm a detective. I've been a police officer for over 22 years, the last six for being a detective. I'm not representing representing a police department here. I'm here to tell you about my experience and my education on social media. Um well, why don't you take us through? So you got on the department about 22 years ago. Correct. Tell, 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 walk us through that. So obviously, year 2000, a lot of a different era, different time. Tell, walk us through your career path thus far to where you are currently as detective. So I started as a, a patrolman. I did that for 17 years. Um, worked at different areas of a city. And then in 2017, I passed a detective's test, became detective, and went through the academy. When I was in the academy, learning how to be a detective, something really caught my interest was that most of these cases will be solved with social media. So I started teaching myself about social media, and which is bringing me here now. Yes. Um, so to be clear, you're dealing primarily with homicides. Correct. Okay. Uh, right now I'm dealing with violent crimes. Uh, when I started, I was doing shootings where the person would live. Now I'm doing homicides where obviously the person dies. So in 2017, that's when you kind of got on as detective. How long, and granted social media, what we would call is still probably in its infancy in the long term. When was social media, when did social media start to really be integrated into the actual investigation of a violent crime? Was yeah. it around the time you joined or? I would say a few years before that. A few years before. Yeah, it became more prevalent now. I mean, everyone is on social media. It's a big tool for us to use. Social media is a great thing, but it also could harm you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, maybe we'll, before we start, you know, kind of into the process and, you're, you know, when you're implementing these tactics, when you're trying to solve these violent crimes, why don't you walk through? Because, again, I think we're going to have parents and students alike that are listening to uh, to this segment Let's walk through the different platforms, you know, so I would consider you a social media expert in very different ways, but why don't you walk us through the platforms that you're looking at if, you know, your services are called upon for some type of uh, violent crime or homicide? Sure. So let's go over some of the top media sites. All mm -hmm. right. We'll start with Facebook owned by or called Meta now. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm sure everyone's familiar with Facebook. More older people use Facebook, but a part of Facebook is also Instagram which a lot of kids are using, 
All right. So we have Instagram, Facebook. Big part of Instagram is the live streaming, messaging, and text messages and photos, which most social media sites are. Right. Right. Well, so, actually, to that point, a lot of the students that we teach, and I was kind of joking about about it with you earlier. We'll text somebody and the kids will take like five, six days to get back. And they're like, oh, so sorry. It took forever for me to get. I don't check my text messages. A lot of their communication now is through these platforms, either through direct messaging or they're tweeting directly at somebody. So this is the primary source of communication for a lot of the next generation. Great point. Yes. So they're still texting, but they're doing it through their social media site, Mm -hmm. whether it be Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook. Uh, WhatsApp, and we'll hit on that a little bit. Yeah, um, talk talk a little bit about uh, Snapchat because I know that's a that's a very popular platform for a lot of the next gen. Snapchat, same kind of idea. You got the photos, group chats, videos, text, and a big thing about Snapchat. When I send you a message, you look at it. It disappears, right? That's a very important point. So for again, I know the students understand it, but for parents. The snap, after they send it direct, disappears off the platform. And that's how they market it as you have discretion. It's going to be quiet if you send this out. Right. And then if you're monitoring your kid's Snapchat and you go to look, all those messages are gone. They're gone. Those pictures are gone unless they save them and upload them to their phone. Now, this is what everyone believes that those messages, those photos, they disappear in 10 seconds. It's not. Everything is still there. Internet is permanent. We're going to hear that a lot today. Internet is forever. you got to remember that. So we'll go into a few stories about Snapchat when we get there. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's not gone. We'll, we'll talk about that later on. Um, WhatsApp. WhatsApp. This is so a big one. WhatsApp is very popular in other countries, used by billions of people. 90% of the time, it's me and you texting each other. Okay, mm-hmm. It's encrypted. Where if someone got a hold of your messages, it'd be nothing to see. You can't okay? see it. It's encrypted. Mm-hmm. You still have to sign up with your phone number, and you get a number, and you text someone else. Yes, they're encrypted, but if someone ever gets your phone, your iCloud data, it's there. It's there. It's there. It's that's, not That's gone. off your device. So everything we're going to talk about is that we can find it if you have the means, if you have the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And not to mention, and we'll, you know, I know we're going to get into this, but a screenshot, Correct. a photo being taken. So you, you mentioned it with Snap. If they take a photo, a snap, or a screenshot of the message, you're alerted as the sender. Correct. Oh, okay. Th- that was supposed to be private, but there's now a screenshot. Right. But there's other means that they're not alerted if it is ultimately uh, photographed. Right, right. If you send me a snap and I, I copy it, you get the alert. But what if I have my iPad? Yep. What if I have another phone? I take a picture of it. What if the first person that sees it is a parent, mm-hmm. a person of authority? It's there. It could be saved. And we'll get more into that. But, yes, nothing is gone. Nothing is gone. Everything is permanent on the Internet. Mm-hmm. So. so we go through. So we've got Facebook, which, you know, is interesting. So we started teaching this program about 10 years ago. And you've actually seen it reflected in Meta share price. They have a big problem with the younger base. A lot of students, at least from the ones that we teach, as of at least, you know, two years ago, none of the kids are actually on Facebook. 
but the Facebook Live and the Facebook Messenger can be used as almost like a proxy for a telephone. Correct. So you're seeing a lot of Facebook. It's not necessarily the posts going on, but you're seeing more Facebook Live and Messenger, especially in the violent crimes cases, where a lot of that, is that how it's being used? Correct. And then even on Facebook, they have like a voice message where I can leave you a voicemail, which we would call it back in the day for us. Yeah. Now they're doing that to each other where you're like, hey, give me a call and it's... They're pretty much doing the same thing, but it's through Facebook. Mm-hmm. And that also is always there. It's always there. Yes. It's always there. So we've got Facebook. We've got Snap. We've got Instagram. Yes. TikTok. So this is big. This is, I, I think, arguably, it is now the most popular platform. What do you? What is TikTok in your own words? Tic- TikToks are short videos that they want to share. Everyone wants to be a TikTok star. Uh, it's usually an open source where everyone can watch it. Mm-hmm. And... The stuff, the content they're putting on there is really hurting them. Absolutely. You know, is it appropriate? That's for us to decide, and it's out there for everyone to see. Now, and I'm not sure on this. Is TikTok deleted the same way Snap is, or does that TikTok, does that stay in the kind of in the universe where Snap tries to disappear? I'm not sure if TikTok, does that disappear after a certain level of time? Or So if, if I do a TikTok, right? And I send it to my 80 followers or 1,000 followers and then say in a couple of weeks, I don't like that TikTok no more. And I take it down. Well, it depends out of those people that viewed it. Did they save it? Did they upload it? Yeah. Did they keep it? Did they take pictures of it? Right. Yeah, you could take it down, but it's already on that platform viewed yes. very quickly by many people. It's there. That's that's a really important point. So it doesn't automatically disappear like no, you have, does. No, you disappear You're yourself, that. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Are we missing any others? Uh, yeah, we've well, got Twitter, but I feel like maybe that's – is that as popular of a platform where you see, you know, especially with the violent crimes cases, do you see a lot of Twitter? I memes? do find Twitter accounts. It's not used that much, but we do look into it. Twitter's the kind of same thing where they post videos. Uh, tweets to each other. It is used, but not as prevalent, at least that I that I've seen. Okay, okay. And then you have YouTube too, where a lot of people post oh, stuff yeah. on YouTube. Yes, YouTube is a huge platform, but underneath the YouTube video, which I like to look at, is comments. Mm-hmm. People write about it. They mm-hmm. make comments about the people that are in these videos, mm-hmm. which we find stuff out of. Well, and that's actually a great segue. So let's talk a little bit about your work, you know, kind of as a violent crimes detective. Walk us through the process, because the way, you know, I view it through my, uh, you know, very uh, education, educational experience watching detective shows, it's almost like putting together a puzzle, right? Correct. So you're given an end result, whether it's a murder or a violent crime, and now it's up to you as the detective to put the puzzle together around it. Walk us through kind of maybe the overall process. How do you start with that? You've got, you know, the John Doe sitting there. What's your first step once you, you know, kind of get that case assigned to you? Okay. So our first step is we'll get the call saying so-and-so got shot or killed at this area. So we go out to that area. We look around, see what's going on, collect all our evidence, video, witnesses, what have you, and then— we look at the victim, okay? Is he alive? Well, say, say in this case he passed away. We look at the victim. I will look at who he is, all his social media, his family, social media, his friends. We want to find out who this person is, okay? We want to find out the company he keeps. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, we look at that. We look at everything. Mm -hmm. We want to see if we can connect this guy to the person that killed him. Mm -hmm. We want to see if there's connection. We have to learn about our victims. We have to be a part of them. Right. right? We're right. working for the victim. We want to know who they are. So going into social media, we learn a lot from that person. It's hard to talk to a family member after a loved one was just killed. Right. So we look into that and we find out a lot about a lot of stuff out. And that's how I'm learning about social media by doing this. Right. And we learn what's there. We see what's there. And then if we do get lucky enough to find a suspect, I do the same exact thing. I look into him, his background, mm -hmm. his social media, who his friends are, where he's from. Mm -hmm. And on social media, we find out so much stuff. We could find out what he's wearing, the mm -hmm. car he drives, who he right. hangs out with, where he hangs out at. Right. His whole life. Your whole life. You, you, people put their life on social media, and we find out about it. Right. All right? And we're here to tell them social media is fine, but let's put the right things on Right, there. right. Well, and I, I think what's interesting is, so let's say, you know what? I'm fine. I've got a private profile. I can't get in, you know, whatever that may be. What's kind of a backdoor way where you can start to see it? I know you had mentioned you look at, like, likes buttons, retweets, or whatever you want to call it. How, how do you start to build that web from that specific individual? Is it when you're looking at the likes and you can see, well, 25 people liked this photo or liked this video or liked something that wasn't even incriminating? And then do you build kind of the, the web, the network of the victim from there? Great question. So let's start with Facebook. So I was talking to you about your Facebook page, right? Right. You found me. Found, and I changed my name. Yeah, it's found you right away. Not because I'm being incriminating. I just, you know, yeah. didn't want to be found. You haven't used it in I haven't years, used it since college, yeah. But you had two photos on there. Your account was private, but you had two photos. Correct. I went to one of your photos, and on there was 30-something likes. Mm -hmm. I went to those likes— and I found all those people's accounts, right? Mm -hmm. So I started going through those people's accounts real quick just to see mm -hmm. your friends, your family. It's probably my mother liking it 30 times. Right. But, so you know. I found out a little bit about, about your background mm -hmm. in a matter of minutes by mm -hmm. just looking at people that liked your photo. And obviously that leads me to other things. Right. Your Instagram, it's private. I go up there. I can't see any photos. But right underneath it says friends, mm -hmm. people that you follow, people that you don't follow. Well, I go to who you follow, who you don't follow, or follows you. Yeah. And I start looking at them. And what do I find in there? Well, there's open sources. Then I look through their pictures. Do I find any pictures of you? Mm -hmm. Do I see what you're doing? Do I see who you're hanging out with? Do I see what type of company you keep? And that's how I look right. at it. And that's well, how I find it. It's all open sources. Everyone can do it, which a lot of people do it. And... Well, what's interesting is what would take a detective probably months of work putting together, you know, a web around the victim, you can do in an afternoon just based on the profile connectivity. Right. We One find of the gifts and the curse of social media, you know, you're not knocking on doors asking, has anybody seen this man? You're right there and you know the most in intimate details of not only what he or she has done, but everybody else connected to him. Like you said, it's a piece of the puzzle. We're just putting it all together, find out who he is. Find out uh, everything about someone we want to find out about. We want to know everything. Yeah. That's our job. We're investigators. We have to investigate every single aspect of this person. You know, and I, again, I, there's only probably so much you can, you know, share here. But do you have any examples? Is there anything, you know, to kind of put a real life case or situation to this? To, you know, explain how you put this puzzle together and it ultimately came to completion? Sure. Um, 
when, when I talk about these stories, it's a combination of different crimes, mm-hmm. different things that I went through and investigated. So I'll give you a for instance. Um, two kids were riding their bike down the street. They were going through a part of the neighborhood they didn't belong at, which they did belong. It just other people thought they didn't belong. Mm-hmm. They're riding their bikes down the street. They ride through an area. They get shot. Thank God they lived. Um, they had no idea who shot them or why they were shot. They were just riding their bikes, doing normal things. Mm-hmm. So when they don't know who the person is and there's no motive, then we say have to start digging more. So we look at surveillance video, the area, try to talk to witnesses. Well, the first thing I did was went into their social media. I didn't find anything incriminating, mm-hmm. nothing out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. And... We had surveillance video, and we seen a picture of the shooter. We seen what he was wearing. We seen what he looked like. No one knew who this guy was, Mm -hmm. okay? No one wanted to help us, which happens a lot. Mm -hmm. So I go through social media of that area. I pick that area, and I know this guy's shooting at someone, so he means he's probably a bad person. Mm -hmm. So I look through that of all the different people that are involved in crimes in that area, Mm -hmm. and I find... Who they are, where they live. Oh, they live in the area. I start going through open sources of Facebook. Well, after means and time, if we have the means and the time, we could find you. Mm-hmm. After a few hours, boom, there's the guy. He took a picture of himself in front of an address right by the shooting, matching the description, wearing the same clothes, and there we go. There's, yeah. there's our suspect. It just led us to a shooter, which didn't take very long because he put himself out on social media. Right. And again, it goes back to the point of, you know, 70s and 80s, what would take months of work. Now you have probable cause to bring the suspect in. Correct. And now it's no longer a hunch. You've got documented physical video and photo showing them. So, you know, and as much as you can talk, I'd be interested in the interrogation process. Do you just come out and immediately show, here's what we have? Or what's your process, you know, and I'm just kind of curious from, you know, a detective standpoint. How do you how do you operate in that world when you're trying to get some type of confession or at least accountability tied to the individual you have in the room? Right. So in this, you know, instance, we know he has a social media account, right? Mm-hmm. He posted it. So as investigators, we want to ask you a question that we already know the answer to. Right. Which happens in the real world. You know, companies will ask you a question. Yeah, it's just like an interview. interview yep. That they know the answer to. Yep. They just want to see how you react. So in this case, we took the picture, not of himself, but of his profile picture from Facebook. And we said, hey, do you have a Facebook account? His first answer was no. Well, who's this? Well, that's me. Okay, well, you do have Facebook. Strike one. Okay, we know you're lying. Okay, we're off to a good start. Okay. (laughs) And then we show him a different picture from his Facebook stuff. Like, who's that? Oh, that's me. And then we show him the picture of him in the same clothes from the day of the shooting. Who's this? Well, that's me. Mm -hmm. Well, then you go back and show the video of the shooting, and that's when he just told on himself. Yeah. And that's when he says lawyer. Yes. (laughs) You're 100% right about that. So, but... What led us to discovering a violent criminal is his social media. Absolutely. It's an open site, and it's out there for everyone to see. Right. He's telling on himself. Well, and, you know, and again, the thing is, is we're not doing this 
to, you know, because I think a, a lot of the, you know, the kids and advice beyond the classroom, God willing, would never be, you know, associated with anything like that. But I think there's a lot of real world application. Maybe it's not a homicide or a murder that can, you know, tie you to it. But what are some other real, because we've seen a lot of stuff in the news of late. Right. And so we got the Wisconsin women's volleyball team. There was another, uh, I think, a reporter that was let go over tweets that were sent out, you know, 10 years ago. You see it with athletes. A lot of athletes tweets from 2011 are resurfacing when they thought they deleted it. So let's talk a little bit about the impact you know, not having a lot of social media awareness to the downfalls, what that could do to maybe one of the students. Yeah, the uh, the news reporter, she's for uh, a newspaper. She was a reporter. Um, they found tweets on her from back in 2016-17. So now we're talking seven, eight years ago. Yeah. This is when she was 16 or 17 years old. Mm-hmm. She allegedly put a racial tweet out there which was found recently, and she just lost her job. Now, I don't know who this person is. All I know is that she probably worked her butt off to get where she was at, Mm -hmm. and it was taken away from a mistake that she made Mm -hmm. when she was a kid. When me and you made mistakes when we were kids, small group of people seen it. Nowadays, if you make a mistake on the Internet, it goes to hundreds of people right off the bat, and it's forever. The Internet's forever. Right. You know, they don't. It's harder for kids to make mistakes these days. Right. Well, and I think if you look at it, so if we're, if, we, if I'm a 17-year-old kid in their shoes, the top three reasons, and so we did a little research on like why kids are either not asked back for job interviews or why they're fired from a job, it's a combination of something racial, something maybe politically insensitive, and then it's also, you know, it's, it, I guess what you would call sensitive photos of what are at the time minors. Correct. So a lot of these high school kids, while they may be minors themselves, and it's a peer-to-peer share of an inappropriate picture, talk a little bit about what happens, not only if you receive that, even if you didn't want it, but also what happens if you disseminate it and you, you send that photo out to other people. Yeah, if you're sharing sensitive photos without that person's consent, it is a crime. Mm-hmm. But the more serious aspect of it, if you're a teenager and you guys are sending graphic images of each other to each other, right? Mm-hmm. You know, back and forth, boyfriend, girlfriend, you're 15, 16. You send a photo. You guys are in love, whatever. I get it. Yeah. But you send me that photo. I'm 16 years old, and I want to send it to my buddies. What are you sending out? You're sending a picture of an underage, underage child girl. pornography. Yes. Yeah. And then you send that picture, and then that picture goes out. You're going to get in trouble. Okay? Oh yeah. You're going to send it out, and maybe you send it to your best friend in the world, and you know this guy will not send it to no one. But then, what happens if his dad finds it? The mom finds it. A grandparent finds it, and they get offended, and then it's out there. Exactly. You get yourself in trouble. Yeah. Now the point of that is, don't send anything that you don't want someone else to see. Exactly. Assume that everything is saved in the internet ecosystem, which it is. Yes, everything you send can't be seen by someone else. Right, right. And I want to talk about Snapchat a little bit because yeah. some of these kids might be like, who is this old guy who has no idea yeah. about Snapchat? This old guy's a detective that yeah. knows the ins and outs it's, of Snapchat. It's gone in 10 seconds. No, no, no. So quick story, we're looking into a person that was wanted for multiple shootings and homicides and— um, 
we got lucky enough to get a tip saying, here, here's a picture of this guy on Snapchat committing a crime. So a search warrant is written up. It's a legal document. We preserve the account. So we preserve this guy's account. Explain what that means. You preserve the account from a legal standpoint. Yeah. I'm going to use, use an example again. I find your account. Um, we get a case and Nick, your name comes up. You know, I don't know if you're a part of it or not part of it. So I go. It's very simple for us. We just preserve the account. That means once I preserve it and say it's preserved for 90 days. So in that 90 days, like a week goes by, you're like, you know, I'm going to delete my account. I have it still. It's still there. Yeah. So I write a legal document. I get sent. I send it into Facebook. And whatever I ask for, say I ask for two weeks of your account, say if I ask from when it was created, right? Mm -hmm. Say it started right when it was created. So I get back five years of stuff. I get everything back that you had on there. Every single snap video Whatever it is, it may disappear off of your system, but it is stored and saved in a database that can be extracted. So sometimes these people, when they send Snapchats, they upload their photos. They upload their photos to their account. But mm -hmm. yes, we get almost everything that you can think of on there. Your text messages, your group chats, who you're chatting with, all your friends, your deleted friends, mm -hmm. your pictures, your videos, everything you can think of that you don't want someone to see. I see. Mm -hmm. And someone with the means and the time are going to find that. Right. Okay? So um, we're not talking about these kids going out committing crimes right here. We're talking about the next step in their life, when they're going to get jobs, when they're going to do interviews. Absolutely. If someone wants to do it, they're going to find it. Well, and, you know, it, it, I know the, the police department has a lot of resources, but sometimes these private sector companies with the people they hire for their due diligence process, the background checks— they have access to all the same information. And so not only if it's a legal issue, they're going to look this stuff up if they're thinking about hiring you. Correct. So like it doesn't this, – this, this discussion isn't meant to say, hey, you want to stay out of the jail. Here's how you do it. It's, hey, if you're applying for a job or you're interviewing or whatever it may be, this stuff is readily available. Correct. Correct. You're 100 percent correct. I, I actually kind of – I'm always interested in the legal side of it. So – Getting a warrant takes X number of time. Preserving an account, is does that take as long as getting a warrant, or can you preserve an account from a police standpoint at a much quicker rate than it would be to get a warrant? Right. Uh, it takes me about maybe 25 seconds to preserve an account. Okay. <laughs> okay? It yeah. takes me, I have to build up evidence and get probable sure. cause to do a warrant to look in that. So I don't want anyone to get scared like anyone could just do a search warrant and look in your account. To send it to Facebook or whatever, we need a lot of justification to look in there. Right. Okay? Right. But when we do get it, we do find a lot of stuff that people don't want us to find. Right. Okay? Now, when we're talking about companies, there is companies that hire people for a lot of money to do what I do. They look into your background, mm -hmm. right? Your police record. They look into your friends, your family, mm -hmm. your neighbors, your references. But just because you give references, we know that you're going to give a reference of someone that likes you. Mm -hmm. Right. We also want to look into people that dislike you and find out different things about you. Right. That's how, if you want to dig deep, we could dig deep. Yeah. Well, I think to that point, another thing we got to talk about is because we might have some kids sitting at home saying, you know what? I don't, I don't put any of this sensitive information out. I, 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 I just put pictures of my dog and, you know, family and that's it. But one of the things that you guys capture is engagement 
on these sensitive or photos. So if there's a, a like, if you click a like on a photo or if you were, you know, obviously to retweet it or share it, but just you clicking the like button or engaging via the comment section, you're guilty by association with whatever's happening there. And you might not get the same punishment as the person that distributed it, but you're going to be looped in. You're going to be looped into the discussion of whatever incriminating event took place. Is that correct? Correct. We're in uh, anything in this world, you're judged by the company you keep. That's yeah, a great, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you're doing or where you're at. You take a a bad photo with someone, you're doing drinking, doing whatever you're doing, you're associated with that. Mm -hmm. You're with that group and you might not be doing anything. You might just be holding a red solo cup with right. nothing in there. People are going to look at that and say, hey, he's out there drinking with all these people. Not saying going out and having a few drinks with your friends is bad, but people look into that and you're judged by the company you keep. It's a great point. And not only are you just, you know, maybe the, the red solo cup isn't so bad. You know, they're, they're doing that, which is if they're under 21 is illegal. But the fact that they don't have the self-awareness to just not put it on a platform like that. Also, in my eyes, if I'm interviewing somebody, I wonder what their judgment's like. Let's see how their judgment is. Let's see how they answer these questions. But if I know that they're putting photos up of, you know, stuff that they shouldn't be doing, I question their judgment more than I question whether they're doing something that they shouldn't be doing. Like, what were they thinking putting that out there? Now, uh, talking about that, about 10, 15 years ago, a Big Ten coach gave a talk to a group of people. Right. Okay. Now, he brought in his freshman class. So mm -hmm. these guys are seniors in high school, star athletes are going to go to a Big Ten school. Okay. Not everyone's going to make pro, but you're going to a college for free. Right. And you're going to get an education, and the sky is the limit. Mm -hmm. So this was a while back, 10, 15 years ago. This guy, it was the greatest idea I ever heard and always made me interested in social media. Mm -hmm. So he brings these kids in. He befriends them with a senior. The senior is going to show you around. Mm -hmm. You're our freshman star. You're coming to school for free. You're going to meet the senior. You guys friend up on mm -hmm. Facebook, whatever you do. And he's going to show you around. Two weeks goes by. He doesn't call in the freshman players. He doesn't call in his freshman class. He called in the families. <laughs> Sat him in an auditorium. Wow. He had the projector out. Yeah. And it said, in the last two weeks, this is what your kid has been doing. And just, boom, showed pictures, pictures, pictures. Mm -hmm. Your kid wants to be a star. He's at an amazing school. He's got an amazing opportunity. Mm -hmm. He's going to throw it away in the first two weeks. Right. He had it. Everything was posted on Facebook. The parents were shocked. The kids were even more shocked. Mm -hmm. They thought, oh, no one's going to see this. I'm buddies with all these people. No, no everyone had that information. Right. And it was a great teaching point, not only for the kids, but the parents. Right. You know, tell your kid, study. Yeah. Do what he's been doing his whole life to get this opportunity. Work hard, play right. football, and have a great life. Don't put all this stuff on social media. Well, and I think you, you actually mentioned it there. I think the thought process is, well, nobody's going to see this. Like, nobody cares about, you know, I'm not some high-profile celebrity where, you know, people are out. Nobody's going to see it or care until they want to. And then when all of that stuff is in there, and you see this with these NFL draft picks, you see it with some of these guys going pro, they were never in the spotlight when they were high schools or in high school or eighth grade. Now they're getting drafted, and now they're thrown into the spotlight. 
they're going through everything they have with a fine tooth comb. Right. So they weren't, nobody cared 10 years ago, but now people care. Right. And so that's why I understand you can't think about today. You got to think about what's going to happen down the road. 100%. Now, with content, obviously we're hitting towards these kids, and but this is for the adults too that yeah. already have careers. Yeah. You you already have your career. You're established. This could happen to me. If I post something bad on social media, something inappropriate, I'm gone. I just lost 22 years of a career because right. I put something that I shouldn't have put on there. Right. That's why we have to think two steps ahead. Who am I going to affect by this? Am I going to affect myself? Am I going to affect someone else? Right. Is this going to make someone really mad where they look at me and think I'm a bad person? Right. It's tough these days. Social media is an awesome tool. It is. You can reach your family, people right. from different states, but it also can harm you. Yeah. And that's what we want to keep on going through because the internet is forever. Well, and I think, you know, again, if we, we, we're probably going to have some adults listening to this. You know, if a kid does something what we would call dumb on social media, it's like, all right, kids will be kids. They're young. They're immature. They don't know the difference, right, because they were born into this, this tech boom, and so that's all they know. When an adult does something dumb, there's zero re- – there's nothing you can say. Right. It's like you're an adult. You should know better, and you should know not to post that. There's going to be less forgiveness for an adult, and that's why we're seeing so many firings coming out of these you know, these businesses because right. the adults don't get a second chance. It's like what were you thinking to begin with? Yeah, the excuse of getting hacked doesn't work all the time. No, so. it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we were looking at this, and it was interesting because Facebook – you know, has been mentioned one of five divorce filings, Facebook, the social media platform is mentioned in it. So again, we talk about the double-edged sword of social media. It's a great way to connect, but it's also a tool that can very quickly derail everything that you've built over the last 10 years. What was the, right. the term you use? It's easy. It's it's hard to hard get, to get hired, easy to get fired. Hard to get hired, easy to get fired. Yeah. It's absolutely true. Absolutely true. Yeah. So, you know, I don't want to take up too much more time here, but, you know, any any parting thoughts, any parting stories, you know, we talk about it doesn't even have to be incriminating. And again, I, I feel so bad for, you know, the Wisconsin volleyball team. They didn't do anything that was illegal. It was their own doing. But now all of that is out in the world forever, right? right? They, they weren't sending it out. They weren't retweeting. They didn't right. do anything illegal. It's just now they're forever solidified on the Internet. Of being hacked, leaked, whatever you want yeah, to call it. Yeah, they won the Big Ten Championship, I believe it was last year. Yeah. And they were celebrating in the locker room, and they are all sending pictures or doing whatever, having a nice time celebrating, and the police are still investigating. They don't know if the phone got hacked, if someone sent it from Snapchat. Right. They're still looking into it, but all these private pictures that they didn't want to send out because it was their group, it was their team. Right. People they trusted and it was still found a way to go out. Got and out. these poor girls that did nothing they wrong. They did nothing, right. Are now I have these yeah. photos out there. Right. No, you it's know? um it's a it's a shame. But um I think, you know, kind of some, you know, parting thoughts with all of this. Social media is a great tool. You know, LinkedIn is probably the safest one to be on. It's also kind of the most boring, but LinkedIn is very safe. So if you're going to have a big online presence, LinkedIn is probably the first thing you should create before Snap and Facebook, because if you are interviewing for a job, and again, we can kind of get into some of the advice we give our kids, LinkedIn is what they're going to go to first. They're going to see if you have a LinkedIn profile, if you have a professional profile established, that's going to be what they see. LinkedIn also 
in search engine optimization, SEO, they show up at the top of the search results. So every kid, before you create a Snap or a, you know, a Twitter account or an Instagram account, create a LinkedIn profile. Let that at least be the first thing people see because the recruiters and the background check people, they're going to dig into the other stuff. But just save a little face out of the gate with a first impression of having a good LinkedIn profile out there. Yeah, that's a great idea. Right. What, what, you know, what are some other you know, just final uh, pieces of advice, tips that you might have? All right. Mistakes, remember, they go to larger groups instantly, right? Mm-hmm. They go to large groups, all your friends, immediately. Facebook, Snapchat. Instagram, it's forever. Right. Internet is forever. Okay. Keep that in mind. Okay. Um, There's a few things in life that never come back. All right. Right. Your time, Mm -hmm. your words, Mm -hmm. your opportunities. Right. Okay. Very good. Invest your time in things and people that matter. Mm -hmm. Choose your words wisely. Think before you post. It's that simple. Right. All right. All right. Don't put anything on there that you don't want someone else to read or see. All right. And that's that's all you got to live by. It's tough. It's easier said than done, but always think two steps ahead. I tell my kids that all the time. All right. If I write this, who am I going to affect? All right. Especially if you're angry, because I think, and you know, we don't have to go down the wormhole, but. A lot of, I think, violent crime in today's world, does a lot of that happen as a result of some type of conflict on social media where one person says something else and then the other person hears it and then there's retaliation? And I don't mean shootings. I mean a a fight in a parking lot at a high school where social media was probably the primary cause of, you know, the conflict itself. That's a great point. These kids, adults, everyone— they're all part of this community on social media. They have e- easy access to themselves. So they are talking nonstop to each other, and they talk a lot of garbage sometimes, mm-hmm. and which leads to conflicts, mm-hmm. whether it be a high school fight, a grammar school fight, or a shooting. Mm-hmm. It's both right. sides of the spectrum. Absolutely. So Now, well— I appreciate you, uh, Detective Danny Town, which, by the way, that sounds like a character out of, like, a NYPD Blue. <laughs> like, if I ever write, like, a cop movie, it's going to—Danny Town is going to be the detective's That's, name. It's a, it's like the greatest detective name thanks, I've ever Thanks, NYPD heard. Blue is, like, one of my favorite shows, There you too. go. Yeah. Well, if they're listening, we'll get you a cameo on there. Thanks. <laughs> but we appreciate the time. Um, you know, I would love—maybe we could have you back for a continued discussion and— uh, just keep fighting the good fight, keeping us safe, and then hopefully some of the kids and parents out there learned uh, learned a little bit today. Because yeah. I know I learned a lot talking to you. I know we were having this conversation, you know, over a month ago, and I was just sitting there. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. And so it, I, th- I feel it's important that we get this message out to as many people that are willing to listen. Yeah, thank you very much. I know we went over a lot in a little of time, and you know, it's something that we're all learning, anyways. It changes every day, so just. Like I said, keep on, keep on posting the, the, the good right, stuff. The good stuff. Right, That's it. right. So, all right. Thank, thank you, you very much, much Nick. No, I appreciate thank it. Thank you. Man. Appreciate it.